The text for today is Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 34, which reads, They came to Capernaum. When he, Jesus, was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. Fellow redeemed. Who is the greatest? That depends, doesn't it? If the category is boxing, some would say Muhammad Ali, three-time world heavyweight champion, who said, I'm the greatest thing to ever live. I'm the king of the world. That was his words, not mine. If the category is kings and conquerors, some would name Cyrus the Great, Darius the Great, Alexander the Great, Charlemagne the Great, and a host of other greats who either deserved or misappropriated that title. If the category is thinking, some would name Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, Albert Einstein. If the category is wealth, some would name King Midas of Phrygia, King Solomon of Israel, or even King Gates of Microsoft. The world invariably associates greatness with accumulations and accomplishments, with what one has and one does. And yet definitions are very different in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, Greatness is associated with selflessness, service, humility, and a childlike faith. That's what Jesus taught his disciples when they argued over who is the greatest. Consider first, selflessness. Jesus said in Mark 9.35, if anyone wants to be first, he should be the very last. And in Luke 9.48, He who is least among you all, he is the greatest. So in the kingdom of God, first is last and least is greatest. And no statements like that make no sense to the sinful world where first is always best and last is always regrettable. And yet in the kingdom of God, greatness is not putting self first, but putting others first. Greatness is, to use another example, not simply climbing the ladder of success, but holding the ladder steady for others to climb as well. Paul wrote in Philippians 2, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Winning an Olympic race is certainly a a form of greatness, but can I tell you of another form? During one special Olympics, a special needs child tripped and fell while running the race. And there he sat on the track, teary-eyed and scraped-kneed, head in hands, weeping uncontrollably. For the other special needs students, the finish line was already in sight, and they could have raced on for a gold medal. You know what they did? The whole group stopped, turned, went back, and helped the child up, hugged, 
And then they all cross the finish line together. Competitiveness? No. But a form of greatness? Yes. The kind of selflessness I think Jesus meant in the kingdom of God. Second, service. Jesus said in that same verse, Mark 9, 35, if anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. The Greek word in that verse for servant, diakonos, that's the source of our English term deacon, and literally means a servant, attendant, or a minister. Today, of course, and maybe always, people have looked at service-related tasks as beneath their dignity. I'm not doing that. Let someone else do that. After all, in the kingdom of men, it's not the servants who are great. It's those who have great servants. But not so in the kingdom of God. Consider this. On the night of his betrayal, Jesus Christ, God the Son, the creator of all that exists, removed his outer garment, placed a towel around his waist, stooped down, and washed the filthy feet of his disciples. And when he had finished, he asked them, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. That is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, so you should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. You and I may never have opportunity to wash another's feet. And yet day after day on this very campus, we have the opportunity to serve one another. It may be offering friendship to someone who's lonely. It may be giving an encouraging word. It may be carrying a sick tray, or better still, carrying another's burdens. Understand that the world will never call those tasks great, but in the kingdom of God, they are great. Third, humility. Jesus said in Matthew 18, Therefore, whoever humbles himself like a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You won't find that advice in any college curriculum or assertiveness training or motivational lectures, and that's because the world does not view humility as an asset, but rather as a liability. And yet to the most high God, I said the most high God, humility is of great value. David wrote in Psalm 51, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart of God you will not despise. And here too, our Savior is the greatest example of humility. Paul wrote of him in Philippians 2, your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, that means to be held on to at all costs, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. No one humbled him. He humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And finally, childlike faith. 
I wonder how often pretentious adults view children and associate them with greatness. Why, even the Lord's own disciples tried to push little children away from him. And when Jesus saw that, the Bible says he was indignant. And he said to his disciples, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. He who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and blessed them. Do you remember God's words to Abraham? God said something about greatness to Abraham. He said this, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. What was it that made Abraham great? Was was it his age, his wisdom, his experience, his personal strength, his accumulations and accomplishments? No, it was his simple trust that God would do what he promised. Paul explained that beautifully in Romans chapter four when he said this, against all hope, no hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it was said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver in unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what God promised. So who is the greatest? In the end, there's only one greatest, namely Jesus. And yet as we follow his example of selflessness, of service, of humility and trust in our Father in heaven, we learn what true greatness really is in the kingdom of God. Amen. Our closing hymn is 422, stanzas 1 and 4. 422, stanzas 1 and 4.